0: Hello everybody, this is Andrew Gamson with the Speaking For M podcast. Very grateful that you are joining me today. I have a wonderful interview with my friend Eric Sowers, the founder of this new coffee company called Ripple Coffee. And you will want to pay attention uh, to that later as he explains that Ripple Coffee is not just about great coffee, but it's also about supporting Great organizations who have a passion like his for families and children and for reaching them for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm excited to share that with you, Uh, but before I do that, I want to get you caught up on what is going on. So, this week has been an interesting week, both for me personally and for our political climate um, and our culture, and first of all, I want to let you know that I am still waiting to get my wheelchair back. I was planning to get it back uh, this past Thursday. They were not ready. They did not have all the parts uh, to fix it, so I am more than a little frustrated by that. Had a really bad day on Thursday dealing with that. I'm feeling a little better uh, as we head into the weekend, but I am still a little amazed at how long... This process takes when it's something as essential as your wheelchair. So your continued prayers would be uh, very much appreciated as I anticipate, hopefully uh, getting my chair before the end of next week, but I'm not holding my breath, unfortunately. All right, on our cultural landscape and political landscape, and I realize I've gotten a little more political as uh, time has gone on, but it's just too important for me uh, to stay silent. And what happened this past Saturday with the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court has definitely caused some ripples in our uh, culture. Amy Coney Barrett is a Seventh Circuit Court of the court of appeals judge um who was nominated uh, by uh Donald Trump in May of 2017 and was confirmed in October of 2017 to that post and so she has to go before many of the same people that confirmed her for that role for confirmation hearings starting this coming week for the Supreme Court and One of the interesting things I find about this process is that you're always going to find people digging into your life to see what they can find that they don't like about you when you are nominated for a job like this. And so that's to be expected. It comes with the territory. But I have to say, the direction and the tactic that they have taken to discredit her has been very surprising to me. And and there's very little... In the culture that surprises me anymore because we've we've gone so far from biblical mores but it is very surprising to me that they would choose to criticize her adoption of two children from Haiti and act like it was just so she could use them as props and not so that she could lovingly adopt these children and give them a future one of them was adopted directly after the major Haiti earthquake and, um, a few years ago. And so that was a definite reason to adopt a child and bring them here to safety. Um, I, I also think it's kind of funny because I spend a lot of time, um, uh, talking about the pro-life issue here on this podcast. And a lot of times when I see a pro-life post on Facebook, pro-choicers will, chime in and say, but you don't care about the whole child. You only care about the unborn child. And once it's, once it's out of the womb, you don't care anymore. Um, and that's just, it's a gross mischaracterization, but it's interesting that someone who has proven to care about children by having five of their own also proved their care of children by adopting two from Haiti and really putting a, positive spin on being pro-life, and yet they are being criticized now for the very thing that pro-abortion people like to criticize Christians for in the first place, which is not adopting children and not caring. Um, so I just find it interesting how they take the very thing that they criticize us for not doing and then choose to criticize someone for doing that very thing. But that kind of shows us what Jesus told us about the way culture would go. He said that those who um, there will be those who will come about who will call evil good and good evil. And I definitely feel like we are living in that era. Another thing that brings that to the surface is the fact that Donald Trump announced yesterday that he and his wife Milena, Melania had tested positive for the coronavirus, and I could not believe the number of tweets that were coming up. I hope he dies. My friends, I don't care about your political affiliation. I will never wish death on you. I've never wished death on a political uh, candidate that I don't like. That is not only inappropriate, it is downright disgusting. And it's very disheartening to see that. And so we need to pray for our president and for the first lady, uh, whether you agree with them or not, we need to pray for them and make sure that we are covering them with prayer. And we need to ask that God would put his hedge of protection around them, not because we agree with them, but because we are called to pray for our leaders. And I, I prayed for Obama uh, many times throughout his presidency that he would make wise and godly decisions and then he would turn to God for wisdom. So it's not limited to someone that you appreciate their politics. It is a command from the Lord God himself to pray for those in authority. Paul wrote about that with the Roman government. And keep in mind that the Roman government was a government where It was solely dictatorships. I think it's kind of interesting that we often call uh, government leaders that we don't agree with dictators um, because in the truest sense, we don't understand what dictatorships are. Although some um, leaders can get dictatorial in the way that they operate. I know I've talked on and off about uh, Governor Whitmer exercising executive power over and above her purview and not going through the legislature. I, I want to make it very clear that I don't, I do believe that as a governor, she has decisions that she needs to make, but there is a process for making them. And I'm very pleased to, to be able to talk a little bit today about the fact that the Michigan Supreme Court handed down a four to three decision, um, that basically said she doesn't have the power to make unilateral decisions. Uh, I think I've mentioned a few times on this podcast that the last time she went before the legislature is, it was April 30th and, and they did, um, affirm that, that she, uh, had the ability to uh, stand by that decision, but the decisions that she's made since then have not gone through the legislature. And those were the things that were addressed by the Supreme court. Um, so I'm, I'm very pleased that that has happened. I'm not sure how things will go forward. She of course disagreed with the decision. And again, This decision does not mean that um, those of us who are excited about it don't believe that we need to have caution and don't believe that the coronavirus is real. I'm thinking about um, doing a podcast this week or next kind of about some of the things that people assume about um, myself as a conservative or, more broadly, conservatives in general and just really laying that out, and I think it would in some ways make a better blog post than a podcast. So look for that in the next week or two. I think you may find it enlightening, entertaining, or at least thought-provoking. And I always appreciate feedback. If you disagree with me, tell me why you disagree with me. um, And let's have a dialogue. But let's not just scream at each other and get mad at each other because we don't agree. It's very important for us to have a godly discourse. Um, because I think that so often we think that the answer is not to discourse because we can't agree. And that is a, really a horrible place to be in when we're not uh, having a fruitful discourse cause be, because we need to communicate. Communication is part of society and part of the reason why I do this podcast is because I want to be able to have a platform where I can communicate about things for which I am passionate and um one of the things I'm passionate about is letting other people tell their story. So I'm very excited about our main segment today with Eric Sowers, which I mentioned earlier. So at this time, I'm going to play that interview with Eric. And then at the end of the show, I will come back with some final thoughts. I am grateful today to have my friend Eric Sowers on the podcast, Eric is going to tell us about a new business-slash-ministry opportunity that he is undertaking. Um, but First of all, to give you a little background on how Eric and I met, we actually met in 2002 at Brook Careth Camp in Pearson, Michigan. One of the reasons yeah. that I asked Eric to be on today is because uh, he does have some exciting things happening ministry and business-wise. But before we get into that, can you talk a little bit about, um, your growing up years and just give us a little bit of background on you?
1: Of course. Sure. Uh, so I came from a, uh, what, what many people call a uh, Midwestern family. Uh, we had the typical three kids with the working parents and, you know, the old, uh, faithful used car. And so, um, I was, uh, growing up as the youngest of three. Um, my sister and brother, uh, were six and seven years older than me. So, um, so being the youngest, I was, I was really kind of growing up as kind of one of those only children because I was so much younger than them. Um, but my family, uh, was and still is just super supportive. Um, my parents really sacrificed a lot for us as as kids um putting a, all three of us through christian education um it was just a huge part of of my growing up so you know you don't really realize it as as you're going through it um my mom was was really really good at getting me involved in things uh so so i never usually had a uh, a free free night um we would do uh you know put your cadets uh, you know singing in children's work Sunday mornings in church uh, doing the plays and, and pageants and all that fun stuff so um, so yeah it was it was a fun time growing up um, always had something something going on
0: All right awesome and that kind of leads into the next question um, because we're we're talking about Ministry, and I know that you've been involved in various ministries. Um, as I said, kind of, uh, we started out our relationship at Brook Careth Camp in Christian Camping Ministry, and now I know that you uh, work for the Reformed Church in America, um, and you also have um, this ministry opportunity that we're going to get into discussing in just a moment. But first of all, Talk about your journey with the Lord. When did your relationship with Jesus become personal to you?
1: Yeah, it really came, um, it really started at a young age. Um, growing up, my dad is actually a, a RCA pastor uh, in the Reformed Church. And um, so I vividly remember, you know, church on Sunday mornings, Sunday evenings, uh, I would even line up my stuffed animals on the evening, night services, just because I wanted them to hear the message too. <laughs> that kind of stuff. And so I, I kind of grew up in it. Um, it was. Um, it wasn't until I turned about twelve or thirteen. Um, I believe I was thirteen, when um, when I found out that the church that we were going to uh, actually needed to tr- close their doors. Um, it was a. It was one of those gut wrenching things where, where there weren't enough people in the church to, to sustain it. And, and we just had to, had to close our doors. And so, um, God was kind of pricking my heart at that time, um, pricking my heart and, and kind of pushing me. Um, and so, so that night after I, I kind of had that prick on my heart, I, I wrote a letter and, and put it on my parents, uh, bed. And I said, you know what? What I think I need to do is, Is make profession of faith. I need to show, show these people um, that this isn't the end of of Christianity. This isn't, you know, it's, it's a huge thing to close a church, but, but that's not the end. That's not the end of God's story. So, uh, so the last Sunday that we were open, I ended up making profession of faith and I, I kind of took it as a charge on my life um, to say, listen, how can I help expand the gospel? How can I help uh, help spread this faith that, that I've kind of felt growing up. So I kind of took that, uh, and, you know, at going through high school, typical high school, you know, but after, after high school, you have to choose a, uh, a path where you want to go. And so I was struggling, you know, where do you, where do you go? Um, I was struggling between, going down the path of, of going into computers, which was, was always a passion of mine, or do I go uh, youth ministry um, because that was always a passion of mine as well. And so uh, that journey kind of brought me down the path of going to Kuiper College uh, for youth ministry. And again, during that time, it was a huge developmental time in my life, a uh, time where, you know, I struggled over, over my faith, uh, college is, is one of those points in in your life where um, where you kind of you're free to do whatever you want you don't have parents pushing you to go to to church every week to read your bible to stay connected with with christian friends and so that was just another another turning point in my life that forced me to kind of find my own I- identity in christ so
0: all right and so what what um, led you, I mean, we we talk about camp, and camp was one of those things that's definitely on the nonprofit sector, and I know that you um, did a lot uh, at camp. You helped spearhead the promotions committee where we were trying to drum up interest and, and fundraising for the camp, and you helped design um, some new uh, logos and Uh, memorabilia for the camp. So I know that, that um, working um, with nonprofits and working to help impact and change people is something that's very important to you. It's been a characteristic of my life as well um, because all of the jobs that I have had have been in the nonprofit sector. So um, do you think there was something specific that drew you to that path um, or you think it just kind of grew one thing on top of another?
1: You know, there's, there's, um, I have a huge, huge desire and a huge passion to to make a difference. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think that that's probably what draws me to nonprofits, um, being able to, to make a difference, um, to, to make an impact on, you know, kids' lives, to make an impact on, um, uh kids growing up uh summer camp at, at Brookreth was was a great opportunity for us to to share the gospel with people with kids uh to help them you know explore and do activities that you wouldn't necessarily be able to do at home um doing archery doing all that fun stuff and so um anything that I could do you know building the websites like you said doing the promotion stuff um, anything that I could do to help help expand that message expand that uh, that focus um, and get other people involved was was a a huge driving force for me.
0: All right, well, that brings us to the main reason for our conversation today, and that is because you are launching a new venture, and I know a few days before you launched it um, about a week week and a half ago. You posted a picture um, and you had people guess what it was and people had a variety of guesses and then lo and behold, it is Ripple, which is a coffee company uh, that has a fundraising charity component to it. So, so please, first of all, tell us the genesis of this. Um, tell us what your thought process was and how it came together and then just explain to us how we can get involved.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, Ripple really stemmed out of, out of my passion to just do more, um, to be able to, uh, to help nonprofits. This is, uh, as you can imagine, this is, this year has just made a huge impact, um, not only on the for-profits, uh, with, with COVID hitting, hitting for-profit businesses, but also nonprofits as well. Um, you know, we've seen unemployment hit, hit, you know, Top of the charts, um, and just when people are unemployed, don't have money to give, you know, finances to give to, to nonprofits, and so, you know, looking at that and and kind of being involved in the in the nonprofit sector um, with my my full-time job, uh, I just kind of felt like, hey, this this is the time that that God's calling me to start start this, um, and so, uh, yeah. I didn't want to, I wanted to be able to help nonprofits in this time when, when it was just getting, um, when their funding may be, be getting cut. And so, uh, yeah, that's where, um, where Ripple Coffee and it's spelled R-I-P-L Coffee uh, just kind of came from, from a deep desire to, to do more and to help those nonprofits.
0: So, from from the mo- from the time that you first started thinking about this coffee company to now where you're launching, how long of a process was that?
1: <laughs> you know, I set out I set out and 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 started probably oh uh, with June with a with a pure uh, uh, idea of what I wanted to do. Um, however. June came and, and I was like, okay, this is going to be easy. You know, two weeks, I'll just, just pop this out in two weeks. We'll start selling some coffee and, and, you know, working with these nonprofits, telling their story, um, getting the word out for them. And, you know, one thing leads to another and another and starting businesses is takes some time. And so uh, this is, like I said, this is kind of a side, side hustle, a side project. And so, um, yeah from June to uh september when we when we officially launched um, it was it was working nights working you know weekends trying to trying to get everything in order so that we could we could launch and and have a good good brand of coffee
0: so. all right well, awesome yes, it does take some time to get things off the ground. I know when I, um, launched, um, speaking for him in, in the beginning there, it was, it took quite a while to get the first website going. And then I had to find, um, ways to distribute audio. And then of course the podcast came along a couple years later and just different opportunities. And now I have, um, two supporting churches, which is awesome. But, you know, all this stuff, it does take time and effort, and it can get discouraging in the beginning stages. So it's pretty exciting to see it coming together. So can you kind of explain for us your business model? Because you mentioned on the website um, that a percentage of your profits goes to your spotlight and nonprofit, which for this quarter is Camp Michuana, um, which it's interesting to me that that's the first – uh, first, uh, charity to benefit because I've actually had the privilege over the last four summers to preach at their family camp and RV park a couple times a summer. So it kind of brings me back to my roots of working at camp. Only got to go once this summer because of COVID, but, uh, I really enjoy being there. So I'm excited that you're supporting them. But so could you explain that? business model for us
1: sure yeah so um with ripple copy one of the, one of my main goals is to keep keep the overhead as low as possible i'm trying to make a difference you know and, and to help organizations i'm not trying to you know line a ceo's pocket full of you know full of money i i, I truly want to just give back and and make a difference with the organizations we've partnered with um with a roaster uh, who, who does this, uh, on their own. And he's been in the business for over 15 years, uh, roasting coffee and, and just making some awesome flavors, you know, single origin and, um, and great coffees. And so, uh, we're working with him to, to kind of handle some of our fulfillment and, and working on that side so that we can kind of focus on telling the story of the nonprofit. So, the spotlight and, and what we're doing with Camp Mishawana and, and other nonprofits in the future is, is we're spotlighting one, one nonprofit every, every quarter, uh, throughout the year. And we'll, we'll do our best to tell their story, to educate our coffee lovers on, on what, what great work they're doing, um, how they're serving children and families. Uh, we specifically, uh, select nonprofits that are working with children and families. Um, because that's that's just a passion of mine as well Uh, and so throughout those three months that they're on there we'll post social media stuff about the organization kind of share their stories through emails and just kind of help educate our customers on on the different nonprofits that are out there
0: all right now comes the fun part can you tell us a little bit about some of the coffee offerings that you have at ripple
1: yeah, we have a um, uh, a good uh, starting selection of coffee. Uh, we have some some coffee from really all all around the world. We have some uh, some Bali Blue Moon is uh, from Indonesia. It's a uh, rainforest certified um, helps protect the rainforest. Uh, we have some Sumatra, uh, which is which is kind of fun. Sumatra is a, a good old dark roast coffee um, from uh from the island of Sumatra. They're, that's grown in some volcanic ash, uh the fertile soils of, of the volcanic ash that's that's there. So it's a, a great texture, a great taste. Um, one of the, one of my favorites, uh and it's kind of the spotlight's favorite, this is the sea salt caramel mocha. Um, it's an awesome blend of just sea salt some rich caramel and uh and mocha and hmm, yeah it's good
0: (laughs) awesome well it sounds like there's some really um good stuff on there i know i looked at the website um the other day and saw there's some merch on there too like a couple different coffee mugs i think a travel mug and a regular ceramic mug so you can even show your support for Ripple while you're drinking your coffee and let people know about it so that they can, they can get involved. And I love that it's a, that it's a two tiered thing. Cause sometimes when you just tell people, Hey, give money to this. It's not as, it doesn't open their eyes as much as, Hey, there's this coffee place and you drink coffee anyway. And so come get coffee here and make a difference when you do it. And I I think that is an important part of, of what you're doing. And that makes the ripple name make sense because when you make a purchase, you're making a ripple um, because you're affecting other people through the ministry that ripple is supporting. And so that is, that is kind of an awesome thing. So. All right. So um, just, I, just a couple more, questions kind of on a little bit more of a personal tip um first of all what would you say is one of the biggest lessons God is teaching you this year in 2020 everything's kind of topsy-turvy we're all doing things a little bit different At, at my school our theme for the year is doing difficult well because we know that all the changes that we've had to make are difficult so what is God teaching you
1: you know, I think it's kind of yeah, it's kind of a fire hose this this year for for the things that God's teaching me. Um, just the the so many things that He's just just um, working on in my life. Um, I think one of the main things that that He's kind of brought to the surface though is just to to rely on Him and know that He's in control. Um, my pastor on a, on a Sunday morning used the analogy of a thousand piece puzzle. Uh, he held up one piece and said. You know, when you're looking at one piece of the puzzle, uh, the picture doesn't make sense. But God knows uh, what the puzzle looks like. Uh, you just have to trust that the piece fits. And so that's kind of my mantra this year of, you know, trust trust God in what he's doing.
0: That is really good. I know for me, um, when we first started this whole COVID thing, I was really afraid of the isolation Um, but it's pushed me to do things that I never would have thought to do. And I've learned video conferencing, which I never used before this, basically (laughs) maybe once. Um, and I've bought some home audio equipment so that I can do my podcast fully at home instead of at the radio studio where I was recording, um, which saves me a lot of gas because it was in Holland. And so that's a blessing, things that I never would have pushed myself to do, but God opened up the door because I was home. And so I definitely have felt that change, although hard, can indeed be good. All right, Um, now here's an interesting one. What is one random fun fact about you?
1: Ah, random fun fact. Hmm. Uh, so I'd probably say that um, my random fun fact would be that I love space. Um, just uh, I I pretty much uh, geek out on every SpaceX launch uh, and landing and just love learning about space and the different planets and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I often find myself, you know, on a walk at night or something like that, just looking up at the stars and seeing And kind of wondering what's out there, you know, not the, not the twilight, you know, aliens kind of thing, but just, you know, wondering, wondering all the different planets and, and solar systems that, that God's created.
0: You know, that's an exciting thing. We're always discovering more and more and it just speaks uh, even more intricately, intricately to the uh, wonderfulness of our designer. The Bible says the heavens declare his handiwork. So It's so great. That's one thing I like about living in the country because we don't have a bunch of streetlights obscuring the stars. So on a clear night, you can actually um, go outside and think about what Abraham must have been thinking when he looked up into the skies and God told him that I'll give you as many descendants as the stars in the sky, even though he had no children for like 25 years after that, he still (laughs) was called to trust God that God would bring it to pass. And that encourages me so often because I still have dreams and visions that I think God can and will still bring to pass, but it can be tough to wait. So that's encouraging. Yeah. Um, All right. Do you have a favorite Bible verse or maybe one that's just helping you at this point in your life?
1: Yeah, I um my life verse has always kind of been Isaiah 1:18. Uh it says come now let us let us settle the matter says the Lord though your sins are like scarlet they will be white as snow though you are though they are red as crimson they shall be like wool. And just just the way that it, it shows the the differences and the polarities between you know being scarlet being a dark red, you know, or a bright red and being just completely clean as 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 snow is just something that I've always always been amazed at how He can take away our sins like that.
0: It it is an interesting thought too because when you compare different shades of white, you realize how how you know like we sometimes we call our skin white, but if you look at our skin versus the snow, you realize how not white it is. Or if you look at, at any number of other things that are white and you contrast them with the snow, you're like, well, that wasn't as white as I thought it was. So it's interesting that God brings that, that analogy to us because he says, this is how white um, you can be even though without me you are steeped in sin. Well, we definitely hope that as you are listening to this that you are feeling hope and that you realize that the reason that speaking for him exists And organizations like Ripple Coffee exists because we want to continue to spread the love of Jesus Christ. And there's a lot of hopelessness, a lot of uncertainty in the world today. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can count on that and rest in that even when the world beyond us is going crazy. So, Eric, it's been really great to talk to you this evening. Um, Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners?
1: Uh yeah we just we appreciate any any uh coffee if you're looking if you're in the market for coffee take a look at ripplecoffee.com r i p l coffee.com and uh yeah we have I will great share that right.
0: I will share that link on my blog as well and I won't say anything more than this only to say that the spelling is important <laughs> so make sure that you get the spelling correct, and as I said, I will share the link on my blog for this episode, which is episode number 417. So thank you again for joining us today, Eric.
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
0: So I hope that you enjoyed that interview and that you will take some time to check out RippleCoffee.com. Again, that's RippleCoffee, R-I-P-L, coffee.com and make sure that you check out his spotlight Mishawana and also his great coffee products that he outlined for us on the show. You know, one of the things I really appreciate about talking to Eric is that he has, um, been a partner with Speaking for Him in the past and has very much encouraged me. So I wanted to be able to encourage his new venture. And I think one of the biggest things that I hope this podcast teaches you is that if God has laid a passion on your life, don't wait to work towards it. Now, there may be some steps in the process. Um It might not be something that you step out and do exactly the whole vision that you have um, from day one, but you can take a step and a journey of a thousand miles even uh, starts with one step. So if this could encourage you to follow whatever passion you have for the Lord, that is a great thing. And I would be very interested in sharing it. Uh, I think I've said before that one of the things I most love about this podcast is the opportunity to share other people's stories of how they're going forward and living life for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so hopefully speaking for him uh, can continue to encourage you on your Christian journey, both through this podcast and through my preaching ministry. I hope that you have a wonderful weekend, and as always, keep serving the best of masters.